you are stuck in the grind and don't know how to get moving, if you have lost your dream or struggled to know how to make it happen, if you have been dreaming of changing the world, but you're not sure where to start, the Add Valued Entrepreneurs podcast will help you transform your life with tools, knowledge, and support that will allow you to create a thriving business that aligns with your values and goals. This podcast is for entrepreneurs who want more freedom and fulfillment from the work they do so they can live the life they desire. You deserve it. It is possible. This show features interviews with people who have already created success in their lives and businesses and stories about everyday people living extraordinary lives. It's time for you to add value. My guest today is Nathan Cook. Nathan is an award-winning international coach, speaker, and expert trainer. In 2018, he was recognized by world-renowned leadership expert, Dr. John C. Maxwell, as a coach, mentor, and speaker who values people and adds value to them. Today, we are excited to welcome Nathan as he shares valuable insights into creating lifelong change in our everyday lives. Nathan, (laughs) thanks so much for agreeing to chat with me today. Just appreciate the opportunity to to hear your story and, and share it. Yeah, I'm excited to be here. So... So tell me a little bit about your journey into entrepreneurship. You know, it's funny because entrepreneurship for me, um, I didn't realize I was an entrepreneur until someone kind of told me I was an entrepreneur. <laughs> uh, you know, it's funny. So when I when I first started learning about personal development and professional development, I was working uh, six jobs at the time. Uh, I was working two of those full time. The rest of them were part time. And I had a, a martial arts studio that I was trying to get off the ground and I learned a lot of stuff about that martial arts studio, things like marketing, that if you wanted people to come, you don't just open the building up and people flood in. Like you actually have to get your name out there and you got to talk to people and network and no one ever taught me these things. Like I just thought you opened it and bam, you got students and you get clients. (laughs) Doesn't work that way. (laughs) Surprise. (laughs) And uh, so my journey started off uh, with really my face in the mud uh, and trying to figure out how do you run a business? How do you... How do you get people in your business? How do you work with people? How do you make money? Um, you know, how do you pay for bills? Um, and so it's it's interesting. My my journey started off very rocky, but over the years, as I've developed myself, as I've uh, as I've grown closer with other professionals and other leaders in the industry, uh, I've gleaned from them. I've sat at their feet, and they've mentored me. And so the mentors in my life have truly been the ones who have really revolutionized my life because. They're the ones that saw something in me that I didn't see in myself before. And they're also the ones that encouraged me to keep on going. So entrepreneurship has been, uh, it's been great. Um, it's been hard uh, for those of you who have ever been an entrepreneur, or maybe you're thinking about being an entrepreneur. Um, you got, you can't be a wimp if you're an entrepreneur. Like it, it will, anything, no matter what industry you're in, it will eat you up and it will spit you out. Uh, And really, the game is truly how long can you stay in? How many rounds can you stay in? And if you can continue to stay in the rounds over and over and over, get back up, keep fighting, keep pushing forward, eventually you'll find yourself where you really, really want to be. Yeah. Perseverance. (laughs) Perseverance. Huge thing. 
I love perseverance. But although, you know, a couple weeks ago, I just heard John Maxwell say, <laughs> you know, we put, we put way too much merit on, uh, on people who are persistent, you know. They get knocked down, they get back up again, and they get knocked down, and they get back up again, and it keeps going over and over and over. And th these are intelligent people because they keep getting knocked down. They're, they haven't learned why they're getting knocked down. <laughs> and so, you know, as, as an entrepreneur, we really have to remember um, that it's not just about how many times we get back up. It's about what do we learn after we get knocked down. Absolutely. So you yeah. mentioned mentors. Um, how, how have you built those mentor relationships? You know, mentors uh, have always... When I started out, even before I was in business, you know, even through high school and even I don't even know what comes become before pre, uh, I was going to say preschool. Uh, <laughs> so I was homeschooled. So I don't I don't know. I don't know how you go through the ranks. Like my wife is still like, oh, we're going into kindergarten here pretty soon. And I'm like, what age is kindergarten? Like, I don't uh, uh, the, the numbers and things don't make sense to me. And so, you know, for me, at the end of the day, um, it's important for me to kind of start out with that because uh, I was placed around mentors early on in life. Um, you know, martial arts has been something that's been deep and rooted in, in me and, and throughout my life. And I had a mentor growing up, my martial arts teacher, who poured into me, who helped shape me and develop me, uh, my character. Um, into who it is today, uh, along with my, my parents and some other people. But it wasn't really until I started looking at my own personal growth that I started to say, okay, so how do I, how do I develop myself? How do I, how do I get better? And I started to intentionally look at the people that were around me. And so at the time, someone said, hey, you should go to this conference. It's, it'll be really great. You can get certified as a coach and a trainer and a speaker. And I said, that sounds amazing. And then they said, uh, how much it costs? And I said, you know, I don't think this is the right opportunity for me. I, I think I'll pass. I'll, I'll go to the next one. <laughs> and uh, I, I ended up going to that, uh, that event. And I started to hear people that were way further down the line than I was. People who all of a sudden, I didn't even know about the world of speaking or training or coaching. It was just opened up to me. You know, the skies parted and the sun was shining down. And, and at that point, I was like, okay, how do I, how do I grow? How do I be like these individuals? And I'll, I still remember that day, John Maxwell being on the stage saying, you need to find mentors. You need to have mentors in your life who can pour into you. And so while in the past, I had mentors in my life who were pouring into me, I was never intentionally about the, intentional about the relationship that I was building with them. So it really wasn't until eight years ago when I started looking at the people that I surrounded myself with, being intentional with those people, it wasn't until then that I really started to understand mentorship, uh, not only from mentorship of someone pouring into my life, but the need for me to be mentoring other people who are around me. So mentorship 100% is important, especially as entrepreneurs. Um, it doesn't necessarily, I find some of the best mentors in my life are in industries that have nothing to do with what I do because they bring in insight that I would never think of. They, they bring in insight that, I would never consider because they're looking at different markets. They're looking at different ways to connect with people. I still remember the first time that I ever saw someone do uh, like 
something over Zoom. And I thought, oh, this is amazing. I could coach my clients over Zoom. Like I could see their face and never leave the house and never have to wear pants. No, uh, <laughs> I am wearing pants. Let's just say right now, okay? Uh, but, but truly, there is such a need in our lives for mentors. And mentorship is natural to be gravitating towards people that are further than us. But I think like what I've learned is the more intentional I've become with the mentors who I surround myself, the better I glean from them, the more I'm able to develop myself because I'm not just chasing after someone who's a year ahead of me or maybe even two years ahead of me. I'm, I'm chasing after people in my industry who are five years down the line, 10 years down the line, they're further on and they've seen things that I've never seen. And therefore they can coach me and they can pour into me like really no one else can. Absolutely. Well, early on, you mentioned your first mentor helping you develop your character. How has your character been valuable in running your own business? Uh, character is, is truly one of the most important things because who you show up as in every aspect of your life depends on your character. You know, it's always funny to me when people say, oh, well, you know, I can do this in business and I can be this person outside of my business. Like, oh, you know, no one's going to know that I'm cheating on my spouse or no one's going to know that, you know, I skim a little off the top or I don't tip the waitress or, uh, you know, I speed just, you know, I go nine miles over the speed limit, not 10, because if you go over 10, like that's when they nail you. Right. Like there's there's an integrity piece when it comes to values and values are so important. You know, I like to look at values in life as the filter in which you do things. And if you have no idea what your values are, well, you just welcome everything into your life. There, there's no, um, there's no wall to keep you from going in places that maybe you never thought you'd go. Um, and so those values that we put in our life actually act as a sieve. And they, they keep things out of our lives that we don't need in our lives, that they're not going to benefit us. They're not going to take us in the direction that we want. So, you know, core values for me that I had to learn early on, you know, we talked about persistence, um, but always adding value to people has been a core value for mine. You know, everything I do, everyone that I talk to, whether it's I buy someone a cup of coffee or I give someone a card and say thank you or... Uh, it could be something as simple as I see someone and I say, hey, I'm going to give you a hug right now, whether you like it or not. Ah, don't hug me. Uh, you know, and that's been that's been an interesting that's been an interesting thing in, in the environment that we live in. But I'll tell you this, that core value of constantly seeking to find ways to bring more value to people has been something that has always it's launched me forward into places that no one else has ever thought of places that no one else has ever been. And so core values, like I was saying, they're truly important because they really do act as a sieve. They allow us to do things that are in alignment with who we want to be, but they also take us uh, away from some of those activities that might deter us from the, the from the path that we want to be on. Nice. Yeah, that's a, that's a great way to look at your core values um, and using your core values to set up boundaries and uh, mm -hmm. keep keep yourself in, in your lane. Right. <laughs> yeah. Well, and even like, even having integrity has been a, has been a really interesting thing when it comes to business. You know, there, 
I've had clients where I start off, uh, you know, early on in business, I'm trying to figure out what do I charge for my services? What am I worth? Tell me what I'm worth. Just pay me something. And uh, it's it's funny to me because I would I would change, um, you know, I'd say, oh, this is this is going to be my price for the year. Like this is this is I feel this. And I would have a client come in and they'd purchase in at one price. And then I go, oh, you know what? It's more valuable that. And then I'd, 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 I'd up the price or I'd raise or I'd lower the price to, to be able to meet needs. And now I've got two different clients that I'm charging two different, two different fees for the same service. And deep down inside, I'm like, oh, I just don't feel good with that. And so my clients are, they, they find it really funny because every once in a while I'll call them up and say, hey, um, so I started out and this is how much we were, this is what we agreed to. And, you know, I made some shifts because uh, I wanted to meet the needs of a couple more people. And because you're in that bracket, I'm actually going to lower your monthly payments for coaching. And they're like, what? What What do you mean you're going to lower my payments? And I'm like, I'm really sorry to do this to you. <laughs> but it's, it's one of those things that I, I truly am a firm believer that if you treat people well, if you serve them well, if you live life to the highest values that you can find, it won't be hard for you to thrive in business. You know, if, if you treat your, your internal clients, your external clients, the people that are around you with respect and love and care for them, uh, you won't have any, any issues in business today, especially since a lot of business, they lack values, they lack any kind of character, they lack discipline, and most of all, they lack customer service. They don't care about their, their clients. Um, yeah, I could go on and on about that of, of the poor customer service that I've experienced in life. Uh, but, you know, it's interesting. The ones that stick out to me are the ones that truly value people. And that is one of their core values that they just live their life by. I'm going to value and I'm going to add value to you. Absolutely. So what's been, uh, what's been the most valuable for you in, in making connections? Mm. I don't know if you've noticed this, uh, Robert, but I like to talk <laughs> and I could talk on and on and on. Uh, one of the most valuable things that I've had to develop and learn in my life is to shut up. I mean, honestly, it's, it's, it's learning to listen. Um, in order to be an effective anything in life, whether that's a coach or whether that's an electrician or a plumber or a doctor, the number one thing and the number one skill that is lacking in most areas is listening. And I found myself to be one of the worst listeners when I got into my field, which is funny because if you know anything about coaching, like 99% of coaching is listening to what is going on in the person's life, listening to the emotional pieces that are going on internally, and then being able to ask a question that positions your client to be able to be successful. And I was the worst coach ever. Like, <laughs> I was like, here, I can help you. Here, let me, I'm going to write down a prescription here. This is what you need to do. Go back, write out what your core values are. Write out, you know, your affirmations for the day. And I want you to do this every single day. And you're going to read this book and check, 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 check. Okay, here you go. And they'd go, they'd go away and then they'd come back and, and they wouldn't have done anything. <laughs> Why didn't you do anything? I don't know. I just couldn't figure it out. And what I found from that experience and through growing my practice is that the more I listened to people and the more I asked questions, the more they would tell me things and the more ownership they would take over their own life. And what I found is that, uh, you know, 
I actually did a poll a, a couple of years ago. I was I was speaking at an event. Uh, probably had 30 people in the room, and the majority of them knew me. I'd had coffee with probably the majority of them, and I, by a show of hands, I said, "How many? How many of you um, believe that when we have coffee, that I do most of the talking?" And like almost every single hand goes up in the room. I'm like, "So what would be surprising to you is I speak about 80 to 90 percent. I listen 80 to 90 percent of the time." And there were people like, oh, no, that's not true. Like, oh, you, you're always talking. You're always talking. And it's funny because every single person that I met with after that, we would sit down and have coffee and we'd be talking. And they realized that they would ask me a question. <laughs> yeah, they're looking at their timer watch going, wait a second. You, you only talk for like 10 seconds and you're asking me a question. And I would literally sit down uh, to network with people, other business owners who wanted to know about me. That was the reason why we were getting together. And within you know two minutes of the conversation, it's all on them. I'm asking them questions about their business and what are their goals and what are they trying to work on and what are some of their you know limiting beliefs and, and some of the issues that they've been seeing you know in the marketplace and on and on and on. And then we get to five minutes uh, you know five minutes left before I need to get running to my next appointment, and I and I look at them and they go, oh my gosh, we're out of time. Uh, I I had so much I wanted to know about you. I feel like I just did all the talking, and you know it's. The reason why I say listening has been one of the greatest skills for me, one of the greatest things that I have learned in terms of um, uh, a skill is truly listening opens doors that you would never see or never find if you were talking. There's a reason, I don't know if your parents ever said this, you know, God gave you one mouth and two ears for a reason. You're supposed to speak less than you hear. You're supposed to listen two times more than you speak. And I have found that to be incredibly true. Uh, people connect with me. They, they feel like I'm their best friend after I sit down and talk with them because I listen. And I make sure that they understand that they've been heard and that I've understood them. Nice. <clears throat> so how did you develop the confidence as you developed into your entrepreneurship? Like, I know it was a challenge. Like... <laughs> Yeah. Well, you know, confidence, um, confidence really does come with repetition. I think, uh, we undermine, uh, you know, we say, Oh, I want to be, I want to be a really confident speaker. I want to be able to get up on stage and project. And, you know, most people would categorize me as a quote unquote natural speaker, but I've worked hard to be able to get where I am. I've, I've spent countless hours looking at the words that I use and phrasing things and, and making sure that my message is succinct and it's clear and it's simple for people to understand and to take away. You know, it looks like I'm a natural at it, but it's taken me a really long time to get to where I am. Like if you, I, luckily those, uh, those uh, Facebook live videos and those YouTube videos aren't up online anymore. Cause if you really wanted to see how bad someone could be and how good they can improve over, over years of time, you could, you could look at my journey and go, wow, he was awful. I can't believe anyone ever let him on stage. <laughs> I can't believe anyone ever hired him, you know, for, for a mastermind or for a training or, or to be their coach. And truly, if you want to have confidence in life, you got to get your repetition in. The, the more repetition you get, the more work you put into it, the better you're going to feel. Because I find that when I'm less confident in life, it's because I've, I've not put the effort in. Like, 
you know, martial arts was kind of my thing uh, growing up, like I've already said. But, you know, for me, if, if I didn't practice, if I didn't work on like sparring my fighting techniques, if I didn't work on dodging or kicking or blocking punches, yeah, if, if I get into the ring with a, a guy that's twice my size and twice as fast as me, as me yeah, of course, I'm going to feel like I don't have any confidence. I'm going to feel like I'm going to get, you know, pummeled. But if I've spent, you know, a good eight, ten months and all I've done is block and all I've done is work on my attacks, I, I feel confident in those things. And so confidence, not only does it come from repetition, but it, it comes from a familiarity with whatever it is that you're doing. Um, you know, whether you're a plumber, um, you know, plumbers get really confident over time. Electricians get very confident over time. Lawyers, they're just confident from the start. <laughs> you, know, uh, <laughs> you know, lawyers lawyers are the same exact way. They go through school. They spend hours and hours and hours going through the curriculum. They, they go through general practice and they specialize. And for them, they become confident because they've spent so much time investing in their craft. And so if you want to be confident in what you're doing as an entrepreneur, you got to ask yourself, how much time are you really putting in? Uh, probably about seven years ago, I was working with a gentleman and he told me, I want to be a professional guitar player. I said, oh my gosh, that's amazing. Like, what kind of guitar player are we talking about? He's like, I want to be the next Santana. I was like, that's amazing. I love Santana. You are going to be spectacular. Now, let me ask you, how many, how many hours of guitar are you practicing right now? Yeah, just complete silence. Like, what do you mean? It's like, uh, you want to be like Santana. Like, do you, like how many hours are you practicing every single week? Like, how, how much are you practicing? He's like, oh, I only practice like maybe an hour a week. And I thought, what are, you, what, are you, what are you talking about? Like, if you want to be good, if you want to be confident, if you want to show up and deliver, you got to practice your rear end off. Like, I, I heard Dave Ramsey the other day, he said... You know, my good friend Brad Paisley, if I slapped him on the back of the head while he was sleeping and handed him a guitar, he'd just start singing a song, right? It's just, it's just automatic. You put, you put an instrument in their hand and they go. That's the same thing with your trade. If you're not putting in the time, investing time to get good and to get comfortable and familiar with the work that you're doing, you're, you're going to feel very uncomfortable. But the more time you invest, the more time you put into it, the more comfortable you'll be and the more confident you're going to come across to other people because not only do you know what you're talking about, but you can show them by the actions that you perform with them, by the services that you provide. That's why all of my clients, if you were to talk to any of my clients, they would say, oh my gosh, Nathan is the real deal. Nathan is awesome. Spend like five minutes with him. You'll, you'll be like taking 12 pages of notes. Um, and it's, be it's not because I was you know, born with this incredible intelligence or that I'm better than anyone else. I've spent a lot of time working on my craft, getting good, working with business owners, working with entrepreneurs, working with CEOs to really help them hone in who they are so they can move forward in the, in the world and be confident in how they show up. Absolutely. <clears throat> so you mentioned uh, CEOs, entrepreneurs, business owners. Um, how did you choose your, your niche? What, 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 what is your focus? Who's your, who's your ideal client? Yeah. My, my niche has been ready, aim, fire, <laughs> you know, uh, you know, and it's, and it's interesting. So, um, 
I have a very eclectic background. Uh, I've got background in music. I've got background in sports and athletics. I've got background in the medical industry. I was I was pre med when I was in high school. Um, I married a I married a pharmacist. I won't. I usually say I married a drug dealer, but I'll, I'm trying to be better about that because my wife hits me every time I say that. <laughs> <laughs> Um, you know, I've, I've been around business owners. I, like I've, I've worked with uh, CEOs of companies of like tech companies. I've worked with people who are in real estate industry. I've worked with uh, neurosurgeons, nurses, um, uh, dentists. Uh, I've worked with electricians, plumbers. Like I, I've worked with a gamut of people. And so when people say, you know, what's your, what's your niche? Like, like, where's your focus? Where do you go? And my focus is on people who truly want to grow and get better results. And in fact, one of the things I find is the industries that I'm most effective in are the industries that I don't have a ton of background in because I'm not going to come in and, and cloud the waters with what I think you should do. I'm going to actually pull out the things that you're experiencing as an organization. And so... You know, for me, when it comes to working with someone, my focus has always been broad range. But what's interesting, and I love that you asked the question, Robert, because what's interesting is as time has gone on and I've serviced a large populace, a wide range of people, I have started to find that there are certain people that I do not like to work with. <laughs> <laughs> there are certain industries that absolutely drive me nuts. And I think, I don't want to work with them. They're not... They're not the people that I want to spend time with. They don't energize me. Like this morning, a brand new coaching client. We had two hours this morning to get us launched and, and moving forward. And I could have gone another five hours with this guy. Like it was so good. It was so powerful. There was so much good meat in our conversation. Now, you put me in a room with someone that I don't really drive with and maybe they have a lot of money and maybe they want to pay me. Uh, probably not going to take that job because I like my life too much to, to want to feel like, oh my gosh, is my hour up? Because it, it's in that moment when you stop wanting to serve the person uh, across from you because of they're not paying you on the clock, I think that's when you should take a step back and say, you know what, this isn't my client. Uh, with my clients, they may be on the clock for when we're having sessions, but I can't tell you how many times where I've said, hey, do you have an extra 10 minutes? Do you have an extra five minutes? Do you have an extra 30 minutes? We get, I really want to move us forward with this because I value them more than I even value the dollar that they're putting down. And so, Absolutely. It, you know, when you ask that, it's a, it's a beautiful question. Start where you are. If you have a broad range of people, uh, yeah, that, that's great to start. But over time, you want to start narrowing it in. Uh, I like to say that if you uh, if you want to work with everyone uh, that can fog a mirror, eventually you're going to start wasting your breath on those people. And truly, you want to get focused. Starting out, hey, work with anyone and everyone. You know, get your chops built. Go go do something. You know, get out there and and you know whatever industry you're in. Go and get proficient in that and then move forward and start to hone in over time. Nice. So we're going to switch it up a little bit. What was your most memorable date? Most memorable? Are we, are we talking like date and time? Or are we talking no. about, you know, date date with the lady? Date with, date, <laughs> well, hopefully. <laughs> hopefully your wife. Oh, man. Yeah. Otherwise, it's you're going to get hit twice. Course. 
Of course, it was definitely my wife. Otherwise, you're going to get hit twice at the end of the show. Uh, 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 I I actually told this story for the first time um, when I was in San Antonio a couple weeks ago that my wife and I, I tend to overshare at parties, like dinner parties and those ah, kinds of things. Imagine that. And it would drive my, it would drive my wife up, up the wall. And so she, she looked at me while we were driving. It was probably like maybe four years ago. She looked at me while we were driving to this friend's house and they said, just so you know, we're going to, we're going to come up with, with something. When you start oversharing, I'm going to kick you under the table. Okay. <laughs> and that means you need to, sh- that mean that means you need to be quiet. And I said, okay, okay. I like this. I like where this is going. And so we're, we're having dinner and she kicks me under the table and I look at her. Why in the world did you just kick me under the table? What did I do? <laughs> I'm, I'm not really good when it comes to following instructions, I guess. <laughs> Man, most, most memorable date. Um, I think probably the most memorable date, I'm going to go with a recent one. And the reason I go with it is I could I could easily uh, get caught up in all the fanciness of going to you know spending a couple you know hundred dollars like four hundred dollars on a meal and that was great and we dressed up and you know those are those are great um, but I think probably most recently uh, because of everything in the world that's going on and how difficult it's been for people to connect with their loved ones and and the people that are around them. Uh, my wife and I, um, we have two kids. Uh, one is two and a half right now, and the other one's uh, six months old. Ooh. And we were, we had a babysitter, and I said, we're going to Costco. And that was like our first date. I took her to Costco on our first date, um, and I bought her a Polish dog and a slice of pizza. Like, I was, I was a big spender back then. <laughs> and I took her to Costco, and we're shopping around, we're talking, and as we're finishing up, we're loading the car... I shot a message to her mom and I said, "Hey, just so you know, we're not coming right back. We'll be we'll be a little bit." So I got the green light. We're good to go. We we pile in the car, just me and my wife, and we start driving down the road. And my wife's like, "You just missed the exit. Where are you going?" I said, "Don't worry about. It. We're going. We're going somewhere special." She's like, "No, I need it. Where are we going?" Now my <laughs> wife is a as a quizzical person. She's a planner. She's got to know what's going on. Otherwise her world is just not happy. And I just looked at her and said, trust me, it's okay. It's okay. And so we kept driving. And then all of a sudden she starts saying, oh, I know where we're going. We're, we're going over here and we're going to go to Lowe's or we're going to go to, you know, she starts throwing things out and I keep driving past all these places that she thinks that we're going to go. And eventually we kind of do this U-turn and we're coming around this really small town. And um, I pull into this, uh, this place that we have here in the Pacific Northwest um, I can't think of the name of it. I wanted to say it was In-N-Out Burger, but it's not In-N-Out Burger. Oh no, I can't remember what it's called. We pulled into this little, this, uh, little, little burger place and my wife goes, oh, we're going here. And I said, nope, wrong again. And I backed out and I pulled back out <laughs> of the road and kept on driving. So I'm, yeah, I'm creating suspense for those of you who are storytellers. This is or, called suspense or anger, whichever and, way you want to go <laughs> and anger and spouses don't like either one. And so eventually we're going through another small town and I pull off to the side and I pull into this, this little shop and right in front of us is a little ice cream shop. Now, my wife and I, we've been talking for probably the last 30 minutes back and forth. She's guessing and we're, we're kind of having fun. And we go in, we get our ice cream, we come back, and then we start walking around the block. And the conversation was so good because it was out of the norm. It was it was out of the normal environment that we would normally be in. 
And my gosh, those have been some of the most powerful dates that we've had. It, not the extravagant ones, but the ones that we're able to pull back to be able to just simply laugh and be together and waste a bunch of time, you know, driving in the car and, uh, you know, that kind of playfulness. I th that was probably the most memorable date um, within recent within recent time. You know, that was probably a couple weeks ago. So probably maybe not exactly what you're looking for, but that's definitely the most memorable recently. It, it, I, it's not up to me to determine the answer. I only get to determine the question. So. <laughs> well, he might determine the answer later on. He might edit some of this out. I don't know. <laughs> I, don't, I, don't, I don't edit. I don't edit the show. So, uh oh, that's <laughs> it not goes, good. <laughs> it, it goes. It goes up live as if it were live, just about. <laughs> so we talked about we talked about character and, and talked about values. Um, how how has the value of gratitude been beneficial in mm. your growth and view of the world? huge um the more tightly that you hold on to something the harder it is to accept the things that god's trying to give you uh you know i i truly am a firm believer and you know everyone everyone has their little coin phrases have an attitude of gratitude uh which you know those are great i love those things don't get me wrong but having uh having a demeanor where you constantly want to give and you hold lightly to the things that are in your life, I, I find that when you have a loose grip on things, you tend to enjoy things better. Hmm. Um, you know, I I remember my first uh, training that I talked about earlier, and one of the things that we were challenged with at that training was we had to go back to our room and find a way to add value to other people. And I was like, oh, I know exactly what I'm doing. Like, uh, I, you know, I'm new to business at this time. I don't I don't know what people do. You know, in terms of gifts. I'm thinking I'm going to buy everyone Starbucks. And so I went around the table and I was like covert. I was like, so what kind of coffee do you drink? Yeah. Oh yeah. Okay. Black coffee, you know, double mocha grande frappuccino whip with cherry on top. You got it. Uh, soy milk. Oh God. Okay. Uh, you know, and, and I went around each person uh, and, and I was talking with them and about three people. And I realized I had an issue because they were like, oh yeah, I don't drink coffee. Oh, I don't, I don't drink coffee or tea. I just, I just drink water. And we had seven people at our table. And so I get, I get done and I got two coffee orders and I'm like, well, that's not going to work. Darn it. How am I supposed to add value? How am I supposed to, you know, give gratitude to these people and tell them how awesome they are. <laughs> and what ended up happening was I, I went back to my hotel room that evening and I was, it was probably about 12 o'clock at night where this thought dawned on me. You know, I heard a bunch of people's stories that day and I'm going to write encouragement to every single person at my table. And so I took a pen, I took the, the, the paper that was at the, at the World Marriott when I was there, and I just started writing uh, notes to people. And the next day, one by one, I went, I went and found every single person and I handed them one of these notes. And there were people that gave me hugs. Oh my gosh, this was so amazing. You, you totally captured my vision of what I want. And, uh, you know, it was, it was a moment that truly it edified me, but it edified the other person. And here's the reason why I, I, I tell the story. About five years later, I'm, I'm walking through an airport and I see one of the gals that was at my table. Wow. And we run into each other. I'm like, oh my gosh, it's so great to see you. What's been going on in your world? 
and we, we catch up for a brief moment and she says, I got to tell you, um, I keep your note with me everywhere I go. It's actually in my purse right now. And whenever I'm feeling down, whenever I need reminding of why I'm here, I look at, I look at that note. And my husband's looking for you, by the way. He doesn't know who you are, but he wants to know who you are. <laughs> and there, there was something about that that truly, truly shifted my perspective of how do I give gratitude to people? How do I uplift them? How do I, how do I inspire people to do more than what they've ever done before? I was I was in Orlando this uh, a couple weeks ago, at our normal hotel spot, and for I've I've been at this hotel for the same training. It was it was my eleventh training that I'd been to in person, and I see the same bellhop every single time mm -hmm. I go, and my second year when I was like, oh, how do I add value to people? I decided, you know what, I'm going to buy him a, a cup of coffee. And so every single year, I have bought this guy a cup of coffee, except for the last two years when I have not been in Orlando because the world is crazy, right? Right. And so I'm in Orlando, and I'm looking for him. I can't find him anywhere. I'm like, oh, no, he's gone. He's gone somewhere else. And it was my very last day that I was there, and I was I was kind of sitting in the in the lobby area. I looked over, and there he was, different hair, completely different color, looked just completely different. And I quickly got up, I ran over to the local Starbucks that was right there in the hotel, and I bought him a black cup of coffee, a large black cup of coffee, no sugar, no cream. I wrote it down. I had I, like I've been looking at this thing. I knew it was going to happen, and I walked over, and I said, Dean. Hey, Dean, I want to give you this. And he looks over and he goes, oh my gosh, it's you. I haven't seen you in like two years. I said, yeah, how have you been? And all of a sudden we start talking. And I got to tell you, that one little cup of coffee completely altered his, his mood. It altered the way that he was showing up in his life. And the, the reason why I, I'm, I'm saying all these different stories is I've had an attitude of gratitude for other people. I, I'm grateful for the things that I have in life, but I truly do hold very loosely to the things that I have. I, I still remember my first big paycheck that I got when I was starting to work as a coach. I thought it was huge. And then a good friend of mine had a, had a car breakdown and I just happened to have the cash in my pocket. And he's too proud of a guy that would ever, you know, ever take it from me. And so, you know, we have this thing where like we fight, literally physically fight over the check over who's going to pay for dinner. And so I knew it wasn't going to be a good thing if I tried to hand it to him. So uh, I, I stole his wallet after, out of his car and then I stuffed the money in his wallet and put it back in the car and I walked away. And that feeling of being able to help other people that feeling of, of knowing that you've done more for someone else and knowing that they're going to go and they're going to take that on is huge. So gratitude in my life is absolutely a paramount principle when it comes to values. It doesn't matter who you are, if I can help you, if I can spend 10 minutes with you or 30 minutes with you and I can get a mental shift for you that's going to take you to where you need to go, uh, I'm willing to do those investments because I value people and I, I can do that because I'm grateful because there are people in my life that have done that for me. 
that have seen me where I am and they say, you know what, Nathan, you are a pitiful guy. I'm going to help you though. Uh, <laughs> uh, we all, we truly, all need those people in our lives. Right? We do. <laughs> and we have them. We have those people in our lives. You know, a, a number of years ago, there was a gentleman who he wanted to buy my meal for me. And I'm very against having other people buy me stuff. Like I just, I, there's just something about it. Like I don't want to feel like I owe anyone anything. And he, he looked at me and he said, Nathan, you're robbing me of my blessing. Whoa. Oh my gosh. Oh my Lanta. Like, are we in church right now? Like, <laughs> and it was in that moment that I realized one, it's great to have gratitude for the things that are coming, like to be grateful for the things in your life. But two, it's also important to allow other people to give to you so that they can fill their tanks, so that they can feel that they are giving back, so they can loosen their grip on the things that they're holding on to. Because at the end of the day, I, I said it already, I'll say it again, we limit our ability to receive from God because we're unwilling to let go of the things that are tight in our grasp. And God just says, let go of it. I'll give you so much more than you ever thought was possible but you have to let go of that thing. Absolutely. Well, and you took gratitude even further because you're, you're, you're sharing about contribution and the ability, mm -hmm. you know, not just to be grateful for what you have, but the ability to contribute um, and give to others. Um, and what other ways has, has contribution been of value as you've grown your business? Oh man. Uh, contribution has been huge. Um, I have coaches that reach out to me and they say, hey, I'm getting started in this. Or I've, I've got coaches that they just look up to me and they say, hey, could I just bend your ear for a moment? Um, you have all this fancy equipment in your office. Uh, I'm, I'm trying to figure out what camera to buy. Can I ask you a question? I say, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I could totally help you. I could tell you what not to buy so you don't waste thousands and thousands of dollars on, a, on equipment you don't need, like road mics and all those. Other, no, <laughs> I'm, I'm, not, I'm not dissing anyone that you know, does those fancy things. But you know, one of those great pieces of contribution to me uh, at the end of the day, I'm really looking for opportunities of how do I redistribute the things that I have. Um, you know, it's important to, you know, obviously I have savings and I've got, you know, ideas of retirement and all those things. I said ideas of retirement, uh, just for those of you that caught that. <laughs> but at the end of the day, what I find is the more that I contribute to others, the more that I give away, the more things flow into my life. Uh, a good mentor of mine has always said that, you know, money is currency. And as soon as you cut off a stream and that current stops, that water starts to stagnate. And I don't know if you've ever been around a stagnant pond, you know, especially in the summertime with warm weather and lily pads and mosquitoes all over the place. Like mosquitoes love me. I'm like, I'm like the special menu that comes into the forest and they go, oh, we're gonna eat that. That that is the thing. Uh, I'm surprised I'm still alive. That I, you know, I'm not passing out as I'm walking down the trails as I'm getting bitten by millions of mosquitoes. But <laughs> the point is, is that environment happens because water gets stagnated. It, it you start to grow fungus. You start to grow issues and problems, and it becomes hard to counteract that until you, one, release whatever is restricting that flow, but two, you also have to pour into it. 
And that comes back to what we were talking about with mentors. Do you have mentors that are pouring into your life? I have mentors that contribute into my life. And because they do that for me, I try to do the same exact thing for other people. So when people say, oh my gosh, like why would you ever be talking with another coach? Why would you be talking with another trainer? Why would you, why would you give that person the, the light of day? They're probably stealing everything from you, Nathan. They're stealing your content. And I go, good, I hope they use it. I hope, I hope it helps them. Because at the end of the day, it's not about me holding tightly to those pieces. It's about being able to take in and redistribute, take in and redistribute. Um, and when I contribute more to other people's lives, my life becomes richer. It becomes fuller. And I see more in abundance and more opportunity because I'm not holding on to the things that I did in the past. I'm holding on to the, the opportunities and the potential that the future has to offer. Well, and most of the things that we hold on to, we don't really have control over anyway. Right. <laughs> but I love sure. that. It's I love true. that flow example, right? Like um, money, money needs to flow. It really is like a river and, and, and you have to allow it to flow and you have to add, add to it and, and put it out if you expect it to flow back around. Um, mm -hmm. It just, otherwise it, yeah. the cycle gets stopped up. <laughs> Yeah. yeah so yeah. and I think also there's there's another important thing with contribution too is being aware of where you're contributing to like where where are you throwing your resources where are you putting your resources because it's really easy nowadays to just kind of start throwing things out <laughs> you know I, I've talked about a number of things that I do and how I've contributed and added value to people at the end of the day I'm very intentional I don't just, I just don't walk out with a hundred dollar bill and go, okay, uh, you get it. And you know, I'm not Oprah, you get a car and you get a car and you get a car. Um, I'm Dang very it. intentional. Uh, darn it. I thought oh, <laughs> I was going to send you my PayPal address, <laughs> but I'm very, I'm very intentional to make sure that where I'm distributing my resources, I want to make sure that they're going to be carried and move forward. You know, if, if I give someone like a camera or if I, you know, help out with a, I don't know, a car payment or something, I want to make sure that person's actually going to move forward with that. They're going to do something with it and it's not going to sit in their closet. They're not going to fix the car and then sell the car. Like I, I, I want to be able to help that person and I want to make sure that my resources are, are, are used appropriately, if that makes sense. And that's, that's a big thing when it comes to contribution. It's not just giving randomly to every small little thing. It's about saying, you know, what moves your heart? What's the thing inside of you that says, I want to be a part of that. I want to be a part of that person's journey and I want to make an impact in their life. Well, that's another place to align with your core values, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, you choose the things that you want to support and help based on the things that, that you value the most. Yeah, 100%. So... So what do you love to do in your free time? Oh man, what do I love to do with my free time? Uh, waste my free time on uh, technology, like around my office. <laughs> we were just talking about that before we jumped on. Of, you know, uh, cameras and computers and microphones. Like I'm, I'm a big tech guy, I love technology. Uh, you know, over the years it's interesting because my, my love for technology has waned a little bit. Uh, you know, I, I don't even know what iPhone I have. It's, it's an iPhone from a number of generations ago. I'm not looking at getting the newest, greatest iPhone that's out on the market. Well, you, you <laughs> but, have a little, um, you have a couple distractions now to your, to your technology collection. That I might do. be more important um, for your free time. <laughs> that is true. 
You know, I, you, a, a lot of times, uh, you know, obviously spending time with my kids and my wife, those are, those are big things. Uh, like hobbies I have, I, I'm a musician. Uh, I wouldn't say like I'm an amazing musician, but I have a nice guitar that I'll, I'll pick around on every now and then. And um, yeah, I, I, have a, I have a number of little hobbies and things that I love to do. And I, I think ultimately uh, right now I'm trying to instill a love uh, in my kids for the things that I love to do. Um, there's a word that I would use to describe me, which is excellence. I love doing everything with excellence. So, you know, I, I my, my wife and I, we cook. And so, you know, I bought her a Gordon Ramsay, you know, cooking class and I'm watching over her shoulder and he's, you know, how do you, how do you cut with the knife without cutting your finger off? I'm like, oh, I need to know that. And, you know, so I'm the, I'm the person like, oh, I think we need to go get some nicer knives. These aren't right. These aren't balanced quite right. Uh, so... You know, I, right now, my big thing is I'm trying to teach my kids uh, to enjoy every small aspect of life, whether that's music, listening to it, whether that's playing music, whether that's cooking or trying new foods that they absolutely don't like. <laughs> Haven't found that yet with my daughter. She still likes spinach and, and those kind of, you know, strange things. Um, but yeah, like, uh, you know, in terms of what I do when I'm not doing this, Usually family time, uh, trying to figure out some kind of book that I want to read, or you know, how am I how am I going to become better today than I am tomorrow? You know, it's it sounds like that typical you know self self help self self uh, uh, improvement growth junkie kind of thing. Oh, I got to read one more book. I got to read another podcast, or I mean, listen to another podcast. Um, uh, I, I yeah, try I not a, to be that. I try to be present. <laughs> I, have, I have a great recommendation for a podcast. So. What what podcast would you recommend? <laughs> Ad Valued Entrepreneurs. <laughs> I love it. That's a great podcast. I was just listening to that earlier today. <laughs> so what inspires Nathan? Oh, my gosh. Um, the things that inspire me, it's a great question. The thing that inspires me most is there's a moment in someone's life where they just feel hopeless and there's a desperation and it just seems like there's absolutely no way forward. And I love a moment where I see a flip switch inside of their mind and they see one step forward. They don't see they don't see the whole the whole process forward, but they see a glimmer of light and a glimmer of hope. And not only do they see it, but they take a step towards that. Um, that's the thing that brings life to me. That's why I love what I do as a coach, even as a trainer. Um, you know, I was saying I was uh, doing a disc seminar uh, in, in San Antonio a couple weeks ago. I had a gal, she was, we, were, we just finished our talk, I, I just finished my talk and I'm walking down the hallways and she goes, Nathan, I'm being a high eye. I'm interacting with people and being social. <laughs> and she's completely like, uh, you know, a, a, a C, she's calculated, she focuses on data, she's not an outgoing person. She's more, you know, more reserved. And what's funny is uh, those are the moments that I absolutely love when I see a switch turned on in people that they go, oh my gosh, there's more to life. I can, I can live more of my life by just leaning into a specific principle or changing one small little thing in my life. Absolutely. So, so what is the big dream? Mm. The big dream is to help as many people as I can. Uh, in fact, the, truly my big dream is to help people understand that if they want to be happy in life, they need to be who they were created to be. 
Oh, I love Simon so, Sinek. So good. Simon Sinek talks uh, about, you know, start with why. And I love it. Why is important. Understanding purpose is important. I find that most people start with why without understanding who. Ooh. And your, your why will always be misplaced if you don't know who you are. Because you will attach your value and your meaning to everything that is a false persona. And, and truly what I would love to see is I'd love to see people awakened to understanding it's okay to be who they are. It's okay to, um, to show up and to live all out, to be transparent with the people that they're around, to live life, to put down boundaries, to be able to lead people in, in directions that they think are absolutely scary. Um, that's my big dream. My big dream is just to grab people, shake them and go, wake up, wake up. You're awesome. Uh, you just need to start acting like it. Stop wallowing over there. And so my, my big dream truly is to be able to inspire people to live into who they were created to be. Oh, so good. Yeah. I love that. And so definitely, uh, uh touched my heart with, with, because that's exactly what I believe that all of us were created for a purpose. And that purpose has to do with helping other people. And if you figure out your purpose in helping other people, you'll forever be satisfied mm -hmm. and, and happy and, and make it, make a huge impact in the world. So yeah. helping people do yeah. that is so exciting. And it's funny because there are people that will say, Oh, I could never be, I could be, I could never be a plumber. I could never be someone that, you know, picks up trash outside of people's houses for a living. Or I couldn't do that. Like how are those people even happy with what they do? Oh my. I look at those people. And so they're, they're some of the most joyful people that are there because they know who they are. And it's not what they do. It's that they show up every single day and they do their work as best as they can with excellence. You know, I was in Africa in 2009 and one of the things that rattled me wasn't the poverty that was there. It was the strength of the relationships that I developed while I was there. I remember coming back uh, in 2009 from Sierra Leone, Africa, and feeling immense depression for a number of weeks because I didn't have deep connections like I had connections with the people living next to me in, in Sierra Leone or the people that I walked down the street who really wanted to know who I was. You know, are you, are you, are you from the, the UK? And no, I'm, I'm from America. Oh, really? That's interesting. Uh, you know, there, there's something about having that deep, deep relationship with people. And the only way that you can show up 100% in your job is to know 100% of who you are and to operate in that. Um, Absolutely. So yeah, I, I love it. Yeah. Well, and, and the idea that your identity is tied to your work is, is, is ridiculous, right? Like, you know, just because somebody picks up trash doesn't make their identity any less valuable than, you know, than, than somebody that polishes diamonds. Like, they're yeah. both just work. Um, and yet mm -hmm. the, the first question we ask when we meet people is, you know, what do you do? And, and I try my hardest to answer that question without saying a, a job related thing. So, you know, just, just because <laughs> yeah. it, it, it freaks people out, right? Cause they want to know, well, what do you do for work? Oh, that's what you meant. <laughs> right. And so, <laughs> yeah. 
I love to I love to counteract that question with just other questions. Oh, you know, so are are you here alone? Like, what <laughs> what what kind of things do you like to do for fun? And I I'll I'll dance around the work question the entire time. We'll go you know 20, 15 minutes into it, and they're like, nice. well, I still don't know what you do. And I'm like, no one does. It's okay. <laughs> <laughs> Neither do I. I don't even know. People just send me money. <laughs> I, I I know what I do. I just don't tell people what I do because I just want don't I want to be left in peace. No, <laughs> that's right. No no free coaching sessions at networking events. <laughs> <laughs> oh, those are the worst coaching sessions. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. All right. So, young entrepreneur, he's in that second and third year of of business. What's Nathan's words of wisdom? Keep going. Keep going. You know, I know, uh, you know, we've, we, I, I've hit on this a couple of times. Persistence is, persistence is a big thing, you know, and, and I don't mean keep going. Like, you know, if you think your business is going to take off because, you know, you're sitting at home watching Netflix, eating Cheetos and bonbons. I still don't know what a bonbon is for those of you. <laughs> like if anyone knows what a bonbon is, you can, I could probably just Google it. I think, <laughs> I think Robert's doing that right now. So he could show me what a bonbon is. <laughs> But, but, but seriously, people quit early, especially nowadays. People quit so early before they've even gotten a taste of what it's going to be like to be successful. You know, if, if, if you want to be where I'm at, you wouldn't want to do half the stuff that I've had to do in order to get to where I am. Like, it's been a, it's been a long, hard road and guess what my road is still going like there's still way more room for improvement and growth and you know, i'm doing well like you you can look at my bank account you can look at my schedule and you go nathan you're set you're good and that's that's not the point the point is i i love what i do and i want to show up with the utmost integrity with what i do and i want to i want to be there for the people that need my help and so if, if you're an entrepreneur, if you're in that two, three year period, I, I know it's rough. You know, you're thinking, do I really have to buy another book? Do I really <laughs> have to go to another seminar? Do I really have to pay for another chamber membership? Like I haven't gotten anything out of this. Well, it's not about what you can get out of it. It's about what you can pour into it. Ooh. And nice. right, right now, if you want to move forward in whatever career you're in as an entrepreneur, you have to realize it is going to cost more money. It's going to take more time. You are going to shed more tears than you ever thought possible. And you are going to have to work your butt off more than you ever thought. Like, I, I still love the, I don't know who said the quote, but they said only, only insane people would quit a 40 hour a week job to go be an entrepreneur to work 80 hours for themselves. Like, yeah, there's I think a lot it might of have been Robert Kiyosaki, but that could be. Maybe. But I mean, it's, it's, it's true though, as an entrepreneur, you are going to work harder than everyone else. And here's the thing. Um, first of all, it's going to take longer. It's going to cost more. It's, it's going to be really, really hard. Second of all, you don't have to do it alone. You don't have to do it alone. And that's the, that's the hard part as an entrepreneur. You think, well, this is my business. No one else is doing what I'm doing. So I got to go this road alone. Eh, wrong, false, bunch of BS belief system. It's, that's a belief system that you have you've fallen into and you got to get out of it. Surround yourself with mentors, whether they're in your industry, or whether they're not. Go find someone who's a good speaker and ask them to teach you some of the things that they've learned about speaking. Go find a coach. Go find someone where you can sit at their feet and learn from them. Ultimately, 
there are those two things that I would say for an entrepreneur. One, it's going to be hard. But two, you don't have to go alone. And surround mm. yourself with people that will go along with you, that will lift you up. It's the, it's the rule of five, I like to call it, that you are the average of the five people you spend the most time with. So if you look around you right now and you go, ooh, my average doesn't look so good, it's time to get some new people around you. Start right. investing in some mentors. Up like, the game. Like Robert. <laughs> or Nathan. Or me. <laughs> Thank you, Nathan. This has been a blast. I sure appreciate your wisdom and your your uh, authenticity. And uh, just uh, I know that many people are going to benefit from what you've shared. It's a blast. Thank you for having me. It's been a joy. Well, if you enjoyed the show, please like and subscribe. We have a free gift for you at addvalue2entrepreneurs.com. We've created a collection of the top tips that have been shared on our show for entrepreneurs. Do you struggle with procrastination, putting off the work until the last minute? Well, you are not alone. Many of our clients start there. We are launching a new five-day challenge to help you take more action and make more money in your business. Each day is a 10-minute video lesson and a worksheet. If you take 15 to 30 minutes to do the worksheet, it will change your life and business and exponentially increase the amount of work you get done each day. Right now, it is only $27 and contains five of our best tools for helping you move forward. It can be found at addvalue2life.com slash action. Thanks for joining us. Have a great day.